Hello, my name is Sonia Montiel. I am the founder of College Confidence. I am an educator, a mother of a fifth grader and first year college student, wife uh, to my high school sweetheart, and a soccer player through and through. <laughs> and I'm Hilary Bilbrey, inspired living strategist, author, speaker, mama to three teenagers, wife, and adventure seeker. You know, some things are just meant to be. Although we met randomly in a class, Sonia and I really became clear that our work, our values, and our heart align. Soon we began talking about our families and our worries and our businesses, our lives, and we realized we were helping each other move forward into our own confidence and integrity. We understand that many people have this fear of showing such vulnerabilities that you and I were able to get to so quickly, and it's because of that alignment. But that vulnerability and those conversations are really a way to get to the heart of the matter. And so Decided Heart was born, and this is why we would love to invite you to join our conversations. Okay, well, welcome everyone to Decided Heart Conversations. We're so excited to have a special guest today. Um, we're really in this interesting transition. So we've survived COVID, end of school year has arrived, we're, we're in celebration. I know that Hillary, you just celebrated a high school graduation yesterday. My what? fifth grader is gonna go off to middle school. We had our little parade. So I think a lot of families are now like, oh, we did it. I mean, even parents are like, we did it. We, <laughs> I don't know how we survived this online distance learning, but proud of ourselves, right? So now we're in this transition of maybe a little bit of rest and looking forward to summer, like, wait, summer's here, what do I do with our children? <laughs> and is online learning still here? So we're gonna kind of talk about that. How is online learning gonna come into our summer months within our families and children and students? Um, and are there other options? So that's what our conversation will be like today. Well, and it's so fun because as we were having this conversation and we've been talking about it for a while, Sonia, because both of us as coaches are getting the pain from parents and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do this for another year. And it's looking like things are going to be at least in a hybrid area for a while. And uh, addressing that and thinking, well, are we the people to address that? The day that the place I normally work, Hub 101, went into, to, I call it lockdown, which is not appropriate, but you know, <laughs> quarantine, was the day that I met Jake Adams, who happened to be there for, I mean, it was just what an irony that this was all going to play out and we had no idea, and was exposing and talking to myself and uh, a friend of mine about his technology-based tutoring goes beyond that. It's also in, can be in person, but such a unique, interesting way to look at it, especially because he's a millennial. So he bridges those of us who are a little bit scared, most of the parents that are a little bit more, um, what does this whole thing look like? And then our kids who are like, wait, why don't you guys get this? <laughs> so with that, Jake, I can't yeah. think of a better person to talk about. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and the business? Definitely. Um, so I, I started with in-person tutoring um, back in 2007 uh, as a college student at Pepperdine. Um, I had a lot of time on my hands because I had mostly finished my college curriculum, um, you know, in, in a way where I only needed about two years there, but I spent the four years. And with the rest of that time, I spent a lot of my time tutoring. But really what it came down to was, you know, 
I had this knowledge and I was, you know, wanting to share that and mentor other people. But, uh, you know, tutoring really for me to get started, all it took was a pen and paper. And I, you know, going back to the roots of pen and paper and like, that's kind of what, you, you know, everyone in the older generation would say, like, there's no substitute for in person. You have the pen, you have the paper. And then I realized this, and this is actually around 2018 where I started a second company. Um, I have a whole other company called PCH Tutors. We do in-person tutoring. We're mostly situated in the Malibu area and we have a great staff there, a team of over 50 tutors, but I've most more recently started another company called Simplify EDU. And I really drew on this idea of, okay, all we need here is a pen and paper, but we need it to be virtual. And we kind of took that idea and said, okay, now we're gonna you know, put equipment and iPads and Apple pencils in the hands of students and tutors. And now we're back to stage one, which is, okay, you're writing and talking and you know we're both interacting on screen and it's happening in real time. So um, that's you know what tutoring has always been about is this you know sharing of information and mentoring, but it's always happened through this medium of pencil and paper. And now we're just you know adding Wi-Fi to that whole situation. It's so interesting as you're talking. I hear two things with your identity and knowing you. I feel like that is part of who who you are as well, which is you have this. Uh, draw this uh, piece of you that really is service oriented and the other piece of it is really inclusivity and connectedness and how do you find that the work that you're doing now uh, fits those three sort of core values that I would see as being a part of you first of all is that accurate and <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely in terms of you know what, what we're doing, being able to work with students wherever they are and understanding like, okay, we have, in, we have so many of the tutors that we've brought on who um, they have this ability to mentor and teach um, and, you know, limiting that to the geography of Malibu and uh, like the surrounding LA area where traffic and other things are, is really hard. Um, like that kind of limits a lot of what we're doing. So we realized like, okay, let's, let's open this up to communities beyond ourselves. Um, and, um, also to, you know, other learners and, um, you know, trying to make, make it as inclusive as possible with the regard to the technology of like having, having there be a common, uh, place where, you know, even the student who isn't tech savvy can engage with online learning, especially in a situation where that's. Uh, you know, going to be a, a huge part of their learning for, you know, for a while. Um, and so I think like, you know, online learning in the past had just been, okay, let's, it works for people who are very visual and can sit and listen. But that's not what, you know, the type of tutoring that we're trying to do is about. It's about getting involved and having that interaction between the student and the tutor. Um, allowing them to participate in the um, tutoring experience and the learning experience, whereas um, a lot of online learning in the past has just been very passive. You, you can verbalize, of course, but I think what it had been missing is this hands-on component of letting people who are more tactile um, get involved with the learning and doing it, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. And I think this is a great transition because um, like I converted my services to virtual and I was really nervous because of my generation, but I was really um, mindful of parents because parents want to be involved, especially if they hire service or support, they want to see what's going on. 
I would love to know how, if you were, if you had to convince parents that this was the way to go, even though maybe parents couldn't really look all the time at what was going on. Um, because I, I, right now, and as we're going to summer, how do we convince parents that this is online learning is a good thing? Um, I, I would say that, you know, parents, the first thing to, for them to understand is that like, first they don't have to know everything and like they can be, um, uh, you know, someone who's an advocate in this process. And a lot of their students are digital natives and they, um, you know, know how to work the internet and they're pretty self-sustaining in um, their learning or like, um, what they're interested in. So I think finding something that they're interested in and helping them dive deeper into it as a parent is um, really, you know, a, a helpful part of this process of making some some use of the summer as well as continuing with online learning. Um, but also like embracing this idea of curiosity and letting curiosity, you know, play out. Um, uh, maybe a student reads something, they don't know what it is. I think, you know, a parent just being alongside and saying, well, okay, let's, let's research it or click the, there's a little highlighted link there. Like if you click that, that's going to take you to explain what this other thing um, or other component of this learning, you know, is that you don't under, yet understand, but understanding like it's that you don't yet understand it, but that doesn't mean you won't. And let's dig deeper and figure out, you know, what, what more is there to know or learn? So I love that. Here's what I hear you saying. And I think it's so important is use the internet if you approach it fear-based and you're like, Oh my gosh, no, we have to, we have to keep it to this or, or you have these strict parameters, then you almost end up um, butting heads with your child and instead collaborate, embrace it together. Uh, look, use it as, uh, as the tool that it is rather than having it become this. I see it for a lot of families becoming something that divides the family, the technology use, rather than finding it as a way that unites the family and they can really embrace it together. And yeah. I think it can also be taken offline. I mean, again, how do you see that being used as a tool that can also connect with the real world? I think that there, there's a lot of, ways that you know apps currently bridge um some of those gaps but then also you know it, it is about the mindset of like okay we're we're going to be curious we're going to say okay we learned something online but like how does that apply out, outside or um you know there there's a I'll, I'll, i guess i'll talk about some of the apps first and then i can explain like a little bit about how you can also do that more free form but with some of the apps like you know, for instance, I, I walk around my neighborhood when there's something that I'm curious about. I don't know what that plant is or that flower is. You know, I can use an app like Plant Snap and I'll be able to take a picture of it. And then, it, you know, it matches it with the database and tells me, okay, this is probably the plant that I'm looking at and tells me everything I would want to know about that plant. There's other really cool augmented reality apps, um, like one of them, if you're interested in learning about like space and the planets and constellations. Um, it basically, you know, has a virtual layer that it layers over this, the night sky and you can, you know, look at the constellations and um, be able to tell, you know, which constellations are which and learn uh, about space that way. Um, another great app is it's a human body AR app. It's actually for, um, it's great for younger students, but for a lot of med school students too, they take a look at it and they can see you can you can basically take a human body and look at just the skin layer. You could look at just the muscles, just the nerves, 
um, the blood vessels and you can take this image and it doesn't exist in reality, but like you can take it with your you know, fingers and in virtual space, like rotate it and be able to look at the heart from a different angle. It, it goes way beyond the textbook because um, for me even, you know, uh, that's not my you know, area of study, but I'm fascinated by just being able to interact with things that come off the page that are you know, real enough to me that I you know, care to learn more about them. I love that. I think one thing that as an educator is so important to me is helping our students um, think beyond silos, that chemistry just isn't chemistry on its own. Um, humans have dissected knowledge so we can absorb it easier but the yeah. interdisciplinary approach, so students combining Star Wars and history or ethics and science. I mean, constantly yeah. holding in and saying, well, how are these all relevant? And these apps are so amazing. I'm writing them down for myself, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I actually, I have a blog post that I'm, I'm posting in conjunction with our conversation um, that has um, links to all this stuff as well. Okay. Oh, good. I can't wait. Oh. Yes, no, and we'll and we'll definitely share it as well because I think there's a lot of a lot of us out there. And and I said fear at the beginning. What you're saying, so I'm getting excited and I'm feeling joy. I think that that's so important because a lot of us get afraid that we don't know all the answers. In some cases, our kids, quite frankly, may know more about the technology than <laughs> what we do. And what do you have to say to parents that are out there and they're like? afraid they're afraid and they're like i don't know all of the things mm -hmm. i say you don't have to know all of the things um so many times um people ask me questions and what i tell them is i don't know but let's work on it together let's um dig in and here are the resources you know that we can work through and um you know that's uh, within tutoring i know i know the material that i'm working on but i'm talking about like regular everyday life and that's what yeah. parents deal with is regular everyday life someone's like how do you do this thing well the internet is you know a extremely searchable and b um it has this culture of helpfulness built in like people are all struggling with a lot of the same problems and so uh, a lot of community leaders online go about trying to solve those problems they make youtube videos there's forums there's all kinds of things that um you know, really are interesting about the internet because it's a bunch of people who say, I don't know. And then, you know, a few people step up and someone knows something, someone knows something else. And so they all kind of add in together and have um, this collaborative approach to problem solving. And I think that's something that we can embrace with our students is like, okay, we're going to collaborate on this together. You're mm -hmm. right. I shouldn't click that. Let's go over here. Like this maybe looks like a better link or maybe you don't learn as well with just reading a block of text. Let's like look at a video. Um, I think that's, um, that's kind of what I would say to parents. And then kind of going, actually going back to the multidisciplinary approach. Um, I think for parents in, in the process of maybe they don't know everything, but they do know a lot about, you know, what it takes to, um, to like combine multiple fields of information. And, you know, for one of my students, she's um, at a very, you know, nice school where they do approach learning that way. And she, she's taken something like aerial silks and turned that into, um, a, you know, a science project, a project about math and angles, um, a project that relates to nutrition, um, and something else that, you know, relates to history. So being able to take one thing in a child's life and say like, okay, there's so many dimensions to this. Let's explore those. Um, I think that's 
really um, a huge part of what parents can do is like make their student realize that there are so many angles that they can approach just one thing from. Yeah. I think also too, um, I've had this experience with my 11 year old and the scaffolding, uh, you know, as parents, you know, we know the information, like we're going to hear the information's out there, but you can't just say that to, depending on the age of your child, well, the information's out there, go at it. I think what you've hit on is this guided approach. Uh, so I just, as an example, um, I have, is now a sixth grader, she loved Hunger Games and she was completely um, dissatisfied with the ending. And she's like, I got to redo the ending. Um, and now what has happened was she wanted to listen to the author. What was her intent? So together we, cause you know, YouTube is scary. Um, but I needed to sit with her, but I, but she was the lead. And so we're talking, well, that's a great, great YouTube interview of, your, of the author. And then she wanted to interview the actors. And all of a sudden she started writing her own, what is it called? A you like, what is that? Uh, like fan fiction? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's on page like 35, single spaced. And now she's, she's got these characters that she's created. And it's all because she's, she dug deeper online. But I was always like, Kind of what you said guiding her and scaffolding that so she knew how to dig deeper and fold things in yeah yeah and i i think that's where where parents come in is you know there there's so much that you know everyone knows about how to do a job because it's always multifaceted it's never about <laughs> someone asks you to prepare a sales report or something and it's like okay how do i get all these missing pieces of information and as adults we're really good at you know thinking critically and finding missing pieces of information but for students, it's just, it's just that same thing, but just in a different way. And that's how we can help is like to use the skills that we already have, impair them. And honestly, I think, you know, for some students, it's just about sitting down and helping them with their Google search. Like mm -hmm. these are some better keywords. Let's maybe not type it in a full sentence. Let's hit on the keywords and topics that we want to use. And then, you know, try videos, look, look at different things with, you know, just depending on what you're, what, best suits your learner um, a lot of it will be audio and visual but um, yeah I think you know sorting through the good information is something that parents can help with I love where we're going with this conversation brings me so much hope because I think that we forget as parents sometimes we're, we're making these connections but we get so busy that we lose sometimes track of the intentionality of our connections the, the quality of the time that we spend with our kids is so much more important than, you know, I'm just going to sit here next to you while, and, and work while you're doing something else. Being in the same space is different than engaging. And I know sometimes it can feel exhausting when you're doing this and this and this and this and this, um, and then trying to, oh, on top of that, now I'm helping my kid with the education. The thing is, is there's so much of a fun element to what it can be and so much creativity. And when I used to teach, one of the most important questions, I always asked my kids what their, these were high schoolers, what their two established virtues were, what, what they really felt like, what described who they were, friendliness, enthusiasm, whatever that was. I always asked them their challenge virtue. Then I always asked them what brought them joy because sometimes when everything else was falling apart, I could access them through that place. Mm. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm thinking, again, as a parent, and funny, this goes back to you too, Sonia, because I know part of what you do is being the wow factor in your kids' lives. 
instead of getting to that point where we are lecturing and, and criticizing sometimes and coming at things at a point of, oh, you just you have to get that done, stopping to just take a second and find out what it brings your child joy and then collaborate from a technology standpoint, learning it together, having fun, bringing laughter into it, bringing depth, being able to be wowed by their engagement and involvement and being able to write fan fiction. I think that we can allow this if we stop resisting and just look for the creativity and the joy in it as a way of connecting on an even deeper level. Yeah, I agree completely. That's that's just a huge part of, I mean, and I think that's a lot of times what students do with the internet already. Like a lot of students, they, they see the internet as a place to, to, to laugh, to find things, music that they're interested in, um, random stories that they, that, you know, they relate to. And I think that just finding for parents, like finding a way to, to access that and to kind of mold that into something that is academic or is, not not necessarily like stuffy academic but like it, it's developing you know writing skills like when you're looking at writing fan fiction and a story that's cohesive and relates um or maybe it's for, for myself i've always wanted to like teach a math class where the problem is like okay there's there's a pool in the backyard there's no precise way to measure this but whoever can figure out a really good way to measure the volume of this pool like using whatever math that you know and can use, go ahead and do it. And whoever ha comes up with the best solution, like that's who gets, you know, the highest grade. But like realizing that life is messy and there's so many, you know, difficult things that don't have answers. But if you can find a way to, to look at those problems and have fun with them, then that's what learning is about. And that's actually, you know, even beyond the classroom, what helps people succeed in life. Totally. I was going to say there's a recent report where employers are looking for those skills. Like, can you deal and handle a messy problem with what yeah. you know? And the other thing that was that triggered um, was Cambridge and Oxford. They require an interview for admissions. The mm -hmm. interview is not how we understand it in the U.S., where it's like a Q&A. They give students or prospective applicants a really the pool problem, a really impossible problem. Whether, oh yeah, that's right, Hillary. Whether it's I had to go through it, yeah. And it's all, they're not, they're not, and then you can, you can chime in, Hillary, but they're not looking for the student who knows the answer. They're watching and observing how the student tackles the problem. So, Hillary, was that your experience? Oh my gosh. So, it really was. So, I, for those who don't know, I have my, my graduate degree is from Cambridge, and I was going to do my teaching um, there hopefully, but you don't know. I'm sitting down to do my interview and they had me paired with somebody. Um, it was an in-person interview and they had me paired with someone and he had to play the kid and they gave him a scenario. And long story short, because I don't want to take too much time, it would be a fun episode to just tell you about that scenario because it was crazy town. Uh, they, I had a kid I had to discipline and my disciplinary was that he had to pick up trash and he refused to do it. And so... <laughs> The funny part is, is that what was supposed to come out was the fact that his dad was a janitor and they were on strike, so he wasn't going to do it because of the strike situation. Wow. But what happened instead was I took a different route, which was, hey, you know what? I know you don't want to do this, but 
I would love to get to know you a little bit better. So why don't I just, I'll come with you and I'll walk right alongside you. And I'll, they did not, they're like, we didn't see that one coming. Cause he looked at me, he looked at me and he's like, I don't know. And then he looked at them. He's like, I don't know what to say now. Cause I'm supposed to not be doing this, but like, it seems really reasonable. <laughs> Good for you. Outside yeah. the box thinker, innovator right there. Definitely. And that's just with like that learning environment, just putting that online. That's, that's really not that much different. I will say with one caveat, um, you know, one of the articles that I, I read in, you know, talk, getting ready for this was just talking about early learning, some, some stuff with like kindergartners and very young students. I, for those students, it is very different. I think that there's much more, you know, effort and time spent like engaging and socializing with those students is much better time spent trying to do something online or figure out a, a worksheet that you know, is supposed to be online and you can't access it or you can't print it or it seems something's going wrong there. Uh, I, I think like that's kind of where headaches can develop. But, um, you know, for older students who do have more of the skills and where, you know, engaging online is easier, I think that's where, you know, online learning can really be great. But for those younger students, you know, we, with our online tutoring, we actually don't work with those students because we know that trying to put a, a student in, uh, that young in front of a screen for, for that long is just counterproductive. So mm -hmm. that would be my only, you know, thing to say is like, it's, it's save everyone a headache by <laughs> not like having a screaming five-year-old uh, who doesn't want to engage online, engage online. But um, there are even things for that. There's, uh, there are a lot of authors who have recently taken to reading their books out loud online and, um, you know, for as long as someone is interested in that or, you know, you know, that, that can be engaging for parents and, you know, something that they, you know, direct their students to if they're not really interested in some of the academic portions of online learning. That's, uh, I, I want to ask, piggyback on that and then ask kind of one last question before we, we sort of close out, but I, I piggybacking on that, going all the way back, um, reading is so important to me with my kids. And so this is something you could do this on YouTube or the internet as well. But I always did it audio. I always found the most interesting books I could possibly find that were in a series. And this is a little bit, this is a, a little bit like, hee 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 And I would play it for my kids when we were driving or on a, a car ride, whatever, and they would finish it and they would want to know what happened next. And they'd be like, okay, can we get the next one? And I'm like, no, but I'll get you the book. And so they would just plot <laughs> theories and read them, but I sort of like teed it up a little bit and got, got it into, so parents out there, and I started that when they were wee ones. And so by the time they were sixth, seventh grade, they were reading, or sixth, seventh grade, six, seven years old, they were plowing through Harry Potter because they wanted to know what was next. Mm -hmm. So it can be really, um, that, that is great. I, I appreciate you bringing that up, Jake. One last question and concern, I guess, and then I do want to end on a, on a, on a high as well, because um, so much about this conversation has been hopeful, but I can't help but think that there are some issues of potential equity um, problems and access to the internet. This is all great and well for those of us who have internet in our homes and all of that. H how do we address that? What are, what are some of your thoughts on that? Uh, well, right now, what I do know that's, that's currently happening, and it, I'm really, you know, excited for it because of the um, equity portion of, like, being able to access um, 
the internet and you know having that be something that's accessible for more um, more families, especially those in underserved communities. Um, the right now, um, so Google has donated over 150,000 um, Wi-Fi hotspots um, to to families in need. Um, more recently, LA schools have deployed over 70,000 laptops, uh, iPads, and other tablets um, to help with that. And um, they just recently set aside about $5 million for devices and more for um, internet access for these families. And so um, I think continuing to um, donate to, if, if there's you know, a way, I, I, I haven't looked at it, I'm actually looking into this myself, um, finding ways to donate to um, organizations that go ahead and help with um, getting more access to distance education for these communities. And um, I think, you, you know, you had also mentioned that, you know, in your community, there are um, places that are putting up hotspots and allowing access and, um, you know, serving these communities as well, because they really do need um, to be able to be brought up in this whole situation. Because if you don't have access to the internet in the, in the next, you know, few months, it is going to be difficult. And that's something I'm actually really worried about is because because distance education will be a part of um, what is going to happen in the next few months, um, you know, it has to be addressed. And uh, I think, you know, as much as we can raise awareness of the need for that, um, we should be doing that. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, one of the things is we have the, you know, we, and I, I think that's phenomenal in terms of the device or the hotspots, you know, in the hands of our students. But, and, and I'm thinking about parents where it's like, oh, this device, this access is in our home, but that's not, that's not really the solution. That's only half because they, now I have yeah. to help guide and help scaffold. And um, I really just want to anchor it too. It's when you said curiosity. So we have all these tools, but as a parent, be hyper-focused on what is my child curious about? What, one curiosity or like Hillary, you said joy. And then you stick to that. And then you, for me, I'm just going to say, I find yeah. that one thing and then I'm going to scaffold up with that, with the tools that I have. And that's where I feel like the greatest growth um, and joy in learning happens. Agreed. Definitely. Jake, we have had so much fun talking to you. And I, I feel like Sonia said, the joy, the, the connectedness, there are things that we can do that will alleviate our stress, which in turn is going to alleviate the stress of our kids. We don't want to approach education with fear. We want to come to it with, with joy and curiosity. And so we appreciate you giving us some of that feedback. Definitely. Thank it's you been so a pleasure. much. Yeah, I was going to say, it's been a pleasure um, speaking with you and also just learning so much about what you guys are doing as well. And I, I just thank you so much for, for having me. Great. And then if anyone's interested, in, and I know they are that um, interested in the work and Simplify EDU, we're going to have your contact information so they can contact you directly and say, hey, we need to learn more about this online learning. So thank you, Jake. Fantastic. Thank you, thank you so much, Jake. And to everybody else, make sure you check out the blog that we'll repost later on for some of these apps and some Ooh, more ideas. Have a have a, too, right? Go onto our Instagram page and tell us what brings your child joy? Go ask the question. If you haven't already, go ask the question and then tell us what brings your child joy. Awesome. I can't wait to listen. I can't wait. Listen? No, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read those posts. <laughs> All right, everybody. See you.